1: Like, even haters are like, damn, I fucking hate Amaranth. But you know what? I hope she's okay. Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton.
2: And I'm Gita Jackson. And you're listening to I C Y M I. In case you missed it, Slate's podcast about internet culture.
1: And today I am joined by one of my absolute favorite internet culture writers. I am not just saying that, I truly have been following you for years. I'm so excited to welcome you, Gita Jackson, to the show! Thank you so
2: much! Oh my gosh, what a welcome. Um, yeah, it's really wonderful to be here. My sister-in-law listens to this podcast every single week, so (laughs) I'm very excited for her to hear this.
1: Previously, Gita's worked for Vice's Motherboard and Kotaku. They also have bylines in GQ, Polygon, MTV News, Rest in Peace, wherever you are, and Paste Magazine. You have an incredible Twitter presence. Um, Italian Elon Musk is forever in my head. (laughs) And as I said before, you're one of my favorite people who writes about the internet on the internet, which of course means that I have so many questions for you. I will keep them to a minimum. But are you ready?
2: I think I'm ready. Okay,
1: great, 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 great. Uh, So the very first one is about Tumblr, which will come as no surprise to anybody who listens to the show. Um, You wrote in 2018 that Tumblr was a joyless black hole, which I profoundly agreed with at the time. I spent a lot of time on Tumblr as a youth and found myself just wishing for the bygone days of 2014, even though it was a weird time on Tumblr in that moment. But in the past four years, I feel like the site has kind of had a bit of a revamp and an influx of new users. And I found myself going back to it more regularly over the past few months. And I'm curious as whether your opinions on Tumblr have changed at all. Is it still joyless for you?
2: Well, I think the one thing about Tumblr that I've realized since I've stopped using it as much... Um, is that there is no real website that is as well organized if you are simply looking for information about whatever hyperfixation you have at the moment. Yes. Tumblr is the source. So one of the things that they've done recently that clearly brought some bad life back into the site was mm. the, uh, the paid post promotion thing they yes. did, mm-hmm. where um, it's a lot like you can promote, your tweets on Twitter, usually it's like a corporate tool, but there's basically no corporations on Tumblr. So mm-hmm. instead of being people paying, you can pay like a couple of dollars to send yes. your stupid shit post to <laughs> radically <laughs> wild parts of Tumblr. That's really brought back this sort of crazed energy. I don't know how to des- yes. else describe. There's like vibrating air when you go on mm-hmm. on Tumblr and that it, it, it's like a joy in the air instead yes. of looming negativity like it is on Twitter. I think the people who currently run Tumblr are trying to tap into this energy and are doing a very good job, I think. I don't know if it's still a sustainable website.
1: No, but I think I agree with you. It's definitely the best place for hyperfixation. I don't think any website has ever touched Tumblr's ability to be able to like really drill down into the best parts of fandom. And I think there's just this like sense of nostalgia and going back to Tumblr because we all know what the other websites are like. And we're like, you know what? This one doesn't work that well.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But. (laughs) But the vibes are better. The
1: vibes are immaculate. The vibes
2: are still so good.
1: I think partially because there's no way to monetize your Tumblr presence. Like, really. There's no built-in way no. Yeah. to become an influencer on Tumblr. And so it just feels, like, pure in a way. In sometimes a scary way, but in a important way, I think.
2: That became an issue when people were on Tumblr and had big blogs and were facing a lot of harassment. <laughs> and yes. also very popular where they didn't have really any recourse or any mm-hmm. way to, to make that experience useful materially for them. But... It does mean that if you're on tumblr you're there for the fandom stuff yes exactly you are there for that and you or you're there for architecture tumblr or you're there for i don't know female manipulator girl blogging tumblr you're there (laughs) to be parts of those communities and Mm -hmm. not to try to extract money out of those communities and i think Mm -hmm. people feel that on tumblr too where there might be a big name poster like someone with a bunch of followers But they're still just like you in a way Mm and that they are just a fan.
1: Yeah, they're there because they want to be there, not because it's a job. Like, I feel like there's this trend now of like, there are a lot of content creators who are like taking breaks from platforms. And people would definitely take breaks from Tumblr, but it's because they had like finals. As much as I could talk about Tumblr for literally the rest of my life, we do have to move on with the show. So, in that theme, my second question is perhaps the most important question and that it will determine whether or not we become friends. Um, how do you pronounce the little notifications at the end? end of messages that show you whether or not someone has seen your message.
2: There's a lot of pressure on me now suddenly, but I say
1: read receipts. I have never felt more vindicated in my entire life. I am declaring read receipt supremacy, which is all I've ever wanted to do. Um, So today's episode is a special edition of Read Receipts.
0: I wanna see the receipts.
1: We got a question from Io Elise. We're gonna play the voicemail she sent us.
2: Hi, ICYMI. I'm Io out of Portland, and I wanted to know more about Twitch. I know that it's a really popular platform. There's a ton of creators and fans and content on it, but it seems like culturally speaking, no one really cares about it. And I was thinking about it more deeply because of the Twitch con coverage, and it just seemed like no one really cared about it. So I just don't understand why Twitch for its huge audience, seemingly doesn't really matter as much as Twitter, YouTube, Instagram,
1: or TikTok. Okay, love the show. Thanks. Me and you, Io, are on the same page because I don't understand either. But don't worry, we're going to help you. And by we, I mean Gita will help you because I am going to admit right here that Twitch is one of the my biggest internet blind spots. I'm so glad that you're here, Gita, to walk me through what is happening on Twitch.
2: (laughs) I really cannot wait to answer this question, because within this question, there are a lot of questions I personally have about Twitch as well, (laughs) so we'll talk through
0: it.
1: Wow, incredible. Yeah, after a short break, we're going to be talking Twitch, an infamous ball pit, and what streaming has to say about the future of labor. And we're back with Gita. Like I said before the break, Twitch is one of my internet blind spots along with Discord. I'm so sorry. I literally opened Twitch for the first time today in preparation for the show. I don't think I realized I had never actually clicked on it until I saw the homepage and I was like, what is happening here?
2: <laughs> As we keep talking, here's something you're going to learn really fast. A lot of my friends who watch Twitch do not ever go to the Twitch homepage. That go straight to the broadcast, the landing pages for the people they like. People use Twitch as a way to get their content out there. It's where the content Mm. is hosted, more or less. So instead of going and like scrolling through and randomly watching some streams, most of the time what people go to is go to the specific creator they want
1: to be at. So this actually transitions perfectly into my next question, which is the homepage is clearly not a home for anybody, but... What does a typical Twitch stream look like? I've always had the impression that most Twitch streams are live playing video games. Is that still correct?
2: I mean, I think nominally that's still correct in that most people sign up for Twitch and most people who are on Twitch... Are gamers in some way and will at some point play video games on stream even people like uh, hassan piker who is mostly known for political commentary he plays games on stream too you know a normal twitch stream though i mean i'm gonna use hassan as an example because i feel like he does embody like a, what a lot of people do on twitch the biggest names on twitch i'm talking people like Pokimane um xqc Hassan ludwig all these people who get on and stream they get on and stream and they essentially host like a variety show that lasts mm. for 12 hours I usually think of twitch streams as less like you're gonna do one activity and more like you have a television channel that's like public access
1: this is all super interesting and explains a lot of the chaos of the homepage. and that what you're telling me is that twitch Almost more than any other platform seems very tied up with people's relationships to individual creators more than anything else. And that most other platforms are trying to get you to stay on the platform in some way. How does someone become famous on Twitch? Like, according to Twitch, every single month, 8 million new streamers go live, which is just a mind boggling number. But there's definitely like a top point zero one percent that's raking in like a shit ton of money and i'm assuming that has something to do with the larger culture of twitch and of streaming
2: it's really like a bootstrap culture which is really upsetting in many different ways so yeah people go live on twitch constantly but the one thing i've heard that has helped with people's success is streaming consistently like every day and as much as you possibly can and to never, ever, ever break that schedule. Um, I know that even the really big creators have said things like if I take off a day or two, I lose hundreds and thousands of subscribers because they're used to me coming online every day.
1: My God, this sounds like
2: grueling. Is this fun for people? (laughs) Like,
1: do they like it? People people
2: say they like it, (laughs) you know? I think if you're making a lot of money, It can be mitigated in some ways where uh, Hassan also did a tweet one time where he's like, I have to go back to eating, you know, getting takeout. I simply don't have enough time in the day to make my own food and like meal plan, which is really sad. But I really do get why people do it. Everybody likes having someone cheer them on, you know? (laughs) Of course. like, Like that, it feels really good. And something about gaming especially is so solitary. Sometimes it's nice to know that someone's watching you. Or it could give Mm. you a a pointer if you get stuck with something. Part of it has something to do, I think, with also the idea of this would be a career where you earn money doing something you think is fun or it's something that you would consider a mm-hmm. hobby. Everybody wants to, like, the economy is rough out there. Uh, John Hamm <laughs> is in multiple progressive commercials. I no. know the economy is rough right now.
1: It's so true. When <laughs> the know? celebrities start doing wild commercials, you're just like, what's going on here? Absolutely. I
2: get it. It's rough out there. If they're having trouble with their finances, my bank account is looking rough as hell. So I I do understand it is a way that you can bring in some extra income if you're interested in that. You know, it it Mm -hmm. is that. But to make it your full time job is like an entirely different undertaking and one that I've seen really burn people out. Just leave them as husks of human beings.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I feel like we've gotten a really great overview of twitch so far i will say it has not convinced me to become a person who invests a lot of time into watching twitch but maybe that'll change when we come back we're going to talk about twitchcon and the recent twitch news that actually broke through to my
0: normie feed
1: cannot wait
0: this episode is brought to you by shopify
1: Hi, y'all. Hope you're enjoying today's show. If this is your first time listening to Icy YMI, then welcome. We are thrilled to have you here. In case you missed it, our show comes out twice a week on Wednesdays and Saturdays. So make sure you never miss an episode like this past Wednesday's, which was all about the recent Broadway and drama engulfing the revival of 1776. And we also explained what exactly a bucket bunny is. You don't want to miss it. And we're back. So as our listener mentioned, the coverage of TwitchCon, which was from October 7th through the 9th, has been, I would say, fairly muted, at least to me and clearly to this listener. Like, I was personally more aware of BravoCon happening than TwitchCon, which is more a reflection of the feeds that I have created and have been (laughs) created for me. (laughs) Fair enough. what happened at TwitchCon? There was a Meg performance. There was yes. a broken back. So I gotta what? say, none of those people deserve
2: to see Meg in this tally.
1: <laughs> I was also like, this does not seem like so a performer. Angry. Like Like, a performer event matchup? But, like, what do I know? Meg
2: loves video games, so I bet once I told her Master Chief was going to be there, she was like, hell yeah. (laughs) Sign me up. (laughs) Just twerking on Master Chief, you know.
1: I love that for her.
2: (laughs) So, yeah, so TwitchCon is, like, the premier Twitch event that's hosted by Twitch yearly. It's always been a bit of a mess. So this year is not really any different it's weird because it's like what Twitch puts on and what they say they want to be a celebration of the community, but the community itself has several issues with it. Well, they'll get these huge celebrity performances, you know, and they'll they'll spend a lot of money on sets and splashy things like that. But it is a, according to people who have been there, it's a very poorly run convention, you know. It is in the same city as Comic-Con, but it is not at, at all as well-organized as Comic-Con. Now, one big example is that during TwitchCon, there were a lot of reports of disabled uh, people in the community and wheelchair users specifically saying that they would get in the ADA accessible lines with their ADA stickers and be there with a bunch of able-bodied people that were told that if they wanted to get into panels early, they should just go get an ADA accessible sticker for their for their badge and you know people oh my God. i know <laughs> that's so fucked so, up they were people would say that they would enter panel rooms and there would be like two security guards there for 400 500 people and they like security the volunteers would look at each other and be like i'm i don't know how i'm even supposed to manage this you know oh my you know you guys talked about the dream face reveal, but like a really good example of this is, uh, you've been to a comic book convention or any kind of convention like this before. Where... I have not. Okay, so in a big convention hall, usually there's one or two big theaters and mm. then some medium sized rooms and then a whole bunch of little class size rooms. So most panels and talks can go in those tiny class size rooms. You know, They're not gonna attract more than like 50 people. So the mm-hmm. medium sized ones that are getting like 100, 200, you know, they need one of those medium rooms. And then the big theaters so for the keynote speech or for the biggest creators you have, like the kinds of places where you'd find the, you know, the in Comic-Con, the panels that have all the actors and everything on it. Those need mm-hmm. to go in the big theater rooms. So mm-hmm. Dream, you know, because he did the show, is a huge Twitch creator. Guess mm-hmm. what size room they put his panel in?
1: please don't tell me the classroom
2: size. it was a classroom size room are you joking <laughs> no and people were lined up up and down the hallway there were 400 yeah, people in line. <laughs> you like, know people who said what? they were in the standing room said they were being crushed you know oh no and not there's the stampede no way, there's no way twitch doesn't know how big these creators are and does no. not, does not schedule these things appropriately. At every other con I've been to, even the smallest rinky dink anime conventions, uh, you know, my friends used to help run Con in Connecticut, and I've never seen a mismatch between presenter and like size of room like that. And that's not the first time something like that has happened at TwitchCon. That happens mm. at least once every year where a creator is scheduled to be in a room where it's way, they're way too famous for that room.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense for where the media coverage has been wild because, like, if it's that disorganized on the, like, creator level as in the main draw of the convention, then I can't imagine how disorganized, like, the media part of it was, which is always kind of a second, yeah, the second look for any convention. They're like, media, go do what you need to do.
2: Yeah, there's... So I went to the last E3, which is, like, the biggest video game press event slash conference uh i went to the last one of any real consequence they're bringing it back again but more as like a a fan focused con type of thing um Mm. and when i went there was like a really cold room with like barren tables and ethernet plugins for the journalists who had to write and then there was another quote media room where it was just the try guys just standing there (laughs) talking loudly and eating muffins (laughs) and i was trying to send
1: emails (laughs) what are you guys doing you know that's really oh my god we've got dream we've got the try guys like we're hitting all. i'm the center point between all these pieces of drama it's me
2: it's always been me but yeah you know the news out of there it's it's also just that again like uh, journalists are not your enemy twitch streamers it's just that (laughs) twitch itself is such a disorganized and inconsistent platform that horrible mm. things are always happening to streamers also. And that's what yeah. we end up reporting on. It's not about antagonism towards streamers as a culture. Although I do think it's funny that so many of you bought mirrorless DSLRs and don't need them. It, it's more <laughs> about like, twitch is victimizing the people that work for it you know yeah you mentioned ball pits and i know this is a question that's coming up but like yes. the big thing that happened that broke through from the first thing i heard about it, other than meg working on <laughs> master Chief from halo was that adriana Chechik, who's a very big streamer on twitch they had a um a marketing agency spawn had a ball pit kind of thing Mm -hmm. One of those like American Gladiator type deals where they had platforms and like little cushioned like rods to push people off it. And they had those big square blocks of foam. And you'd assume looking at that, that there's more padding underneath, or at least that's safe to fall in or jump in because you're being encouraged to do so, right?
1: Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah, it's not. I would assume. It was concrete underneath the the, like a half an inch of foam.
1: Not concrete. (laughs) It was concrete. Under a half
2: inch of foam. It was like.
1: And that's a lawsuit Adriana, waiting to happen. Adriana
2: Trechik <laughs> jumped in it and broke her back in two places. And I, I know I... other streamers who jumped in it and also were injured. And uh, looking at the reports about this event, Twitch has not responded to comment. The marketing agency <gasps> that you, that put up the booth has also not responded to comment.
1: I mean, probably because they're getting sued right now. Yeah, because <laughs> they don't want to say the wrong thing, <laughs> you know? Yeah.
2: I, Jesus you know, it. it's... Twitch is owned by Amazon and as much as the people who specifically work at Twitch and were bought out by Amazon are not like Jeff Bezos, you have to look at how Bezos treats the literally every single other product that he Mm -hmm. owns. He wants to maximize profits at the expense of the people that work there. And so if you're streaming for like eight to 12 hour days, if you're freaking breaking your back... (laughs) going to a twitchcon event which is put on by twitch to celebrate you the twitch streamer you really gotta you, you gotta think about holy shit like does this corporation care about me at all at all it doesn't really seem like they do very much um You'll get some actions, like Twitch uh, recently, after a bunch of creators uh, spoke out about it, Twitch did ban gambling on the platform. You can no longer just play slots on Twitch, which was, for a time, something you could do. But it's, uh, I mean, I think that was a gimme, you know, when it comes down to it.
1: (laughs) That feels... Almost like you know, when you see signs that are just like you're not allowed to do X, Y, and Z, and you're like, that's weirdly specific, but then you know that sign exists because somebody did it. Somebody that's did how it. the banning of gambling on yeah. Twitch feels like, where yeah. it's like, yeah, but also. Why did why this exist? Why did you exist? have to
2: single out gambling, you know? Yeah. It was getting bad. Like, like, gambling casinos were beginning to sponsor streams. And I think they could just see the writing on the wall that this was going to be oh, a bad yeah. scene if they let it wow. continue, you know?
1: DraftKings so, was entering the chat.
2: Seriously, man. <laughs> sports betting was big. This all occurred because a Twitch streamer did also, who suffers from a gambling addiction, did also steal $300,000 from his friends. <laughs> but not all at once but like asking oh, for okay, people cool. for like fifty thousand dollars here yeah. fifty thousand dollars there
1: as long as it's not all at once is it really that bad you know, you know? his son
2: his <laughs> son gave him some money
1: oh no Let <laughs> me keep bringing up our friend you know <laughs> no it all comes back to him he's kind of he's the hero of this journey of you taking me through twitch he's like achilles in this way Okay, so I think it's finally time to get into the news that broke through, I think, most people's feed. The Twitch news of the current moment, which is Amaranth, a Twitch streamer and OnlyFans content creator who recently went viral. Could you tell us what happened? Because I saw maybe the third layer removed, which was a retweet of a tweet of a screenshot.
2: Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I know exactly what screenshot you saw. Also, Probably. I saw the screenshot, too. So Amaranth, I think this brings together everything about Twitch that I was just talking about. So Amaranth, number one, she is controversial because she is commonly referred to as a quote-unquote titty streamer. So these are streamers that wear scantily clad, they're scantily clad, you know, and they do things that emphasize their cleavage and um, people accuse them of only getting viewers because they have titties. And Amaranth used to play Just Dance a lot in, like, yoga pants and athletic clothing. And, you know, she absolutely skirted the line of how much clothing you can wear on Twitch. But a bag is a bag, is how I feel about that. Yeah. Truly. How many? I mean, we just talked
1: about how Hassan is hot. Like, come on. Let's not pretend that part of his... In (laughs) broadcasting, you're attractive. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, come on, man.
2: Yeah. So... What recently came out, she was also really known as like a very hard worker. She would stream Mm. not just for 10-hour days, sometimes for 14-hour days. She did an interview with the Washington Post where she said she sometimes only sleeps for four hours a night, you know? Oh, my God. And she was doing another 24-hour stream, and all of a sudden, she went on mute for a little while, and then she came back, and she was putting on speakerphone her husband, which... Some people did not notice that she was married. She doesn't wear a Mm. ring or talk about being married on stream. Some people, you know, her husband was screaming at her, threatening her, gaslighting her. She broke down in tears. And then she Mm. explained to her audience, yes, I have been married this whole time. Um, I want to stream with my husband because our relationship is bad and he threatens me and he argues with me all the time. And the thing that really made me feel like I had to speak out now is that he was threatening violence against my animals. He said he was going to bring my dog to the meatpacking plant if I didn't call him on the phone. So she was not heard from for a couple of days, but she has come back and she said she did a stream and she said, I'm seeking legal counsel and emotional counsel. I am safe and I'm really happy now that I feel like I'm free from this abusive relationship. Mm. and her partner you know coerced her into streaming all the time you know and it was also the reason why she would stream so much the reason why she'd been doing a like a 24-hour stream was because uh she wanted to go on a little vacation like go to disneyland he was like you can't do that unless you do a 24-hour stream jesus christ you know it's it became in that relationship a real vector for control because she was making financial abuse it's absolutely financial abuse he also had control over her bank accounts he had all the two-factor authorization for her bank accounts tied to his phone and he had all the login information and so he would threaten her also with wasting her money on crypto which is hilarious a hilarious way to try to abuse someone but also disgusting yeah yeah he would say like i'm gonna donate your money to a this bird sanctuary unless you pick up the phone right now you know and he would say he told her also like Uh, Oh, I obviously do all the work as your manager. So if you leave me, I'm going to leave you with $1 million. And then I'm also entitled to 10% of whatever you make for the rest of your life.
1: All of this just makes the context in which the story crossed my feed so much worse.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. But, you know, a lot of people's first reactions was, what, Amaranth's not single, how do I get chargebacks for my credit card?
1: Like, how do you hear that someone's being financially abused by their husband? And your first thought, which is how I saw this story, was a reaction from somebody who I do not remember their name and I'm not gonna direct, you know, hate towards them. But it was somebody who had been following Amaranth and was like, I feel betrayed that she's not single. My entire viewership was based on her being single. How do I get money, my money back? And I'm like, your one takeaway from this entire thing is I was victimized? That's yeah. what you're taking away
2: from I this? don't know how to explain to people, but if you're buying content on OnlyFans, the person who is taking your money does not care about you. Why not care about you is probably not even responding to your message personally. They have probably hired someone to do that for them. You know, this is like, again, like why Amaran situation really wraps up all the issues of Twitch all up in itself, because there's also this entitlement issue where a lot of her Mm -hmm. viewers felt entitled to her body. Even while she was having this experience, you could watch in the the video on demand of her chat. The chat was like being like, can you do ASMR? Can you get in the hot tub?
1: You know, like it's She's breaking down on camera and you're like, what can you do for me?
2: Yeah, you know, it's it's not an insignificant amount of the viewership. It's not an insignificant amount of the 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 user base of this this platform. And it is a curse because Twitch does not do good enough community management and it doesn't enforce its own terms of service very well. You know, that's why all of these platforms are like this at the end of the day. Community management takes an extremely long time and takes a lot of money. And none of these platforms, no tech website, wants to spend that time or money, mm-hmm. ever, 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 ever. And it traumatizes the people that do it. You know, look at the Facebook moderators that would say, you know, when they close their eyes, they just see beheadings and you know, yeah. exploited children. That's mm-hmm. harrowing. So, how do you solve that problem? Most often, places like Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, you know, all these platforms. It's like only moderate content when it rises to us as an issue. You know, don't worry about low-level reports. Like that's why when you report a tweet on Twitter, nothing happens unless you follow up with the report and be like, "Wait a second, this is clearly anti-Semitic. Why are you saying it's not yeah. violating the rules?" You know. Mm-hmm. So you know, this is how we get. This is how we get here, in like to a space where a woman can be blatantly being abused all the time, every day, and broadcasting her abuse and people don't really understand the ramifications of it until it's explained to them you know luckily the creators that know amaranth and like just the community of of the biggest twitch creators uh on the platform none of them reacted like that all of them were like listen she's being abused we're trying to find her we're trying to get her to safety and thank goodness Mm -hmm. for that you know that there's at least within the biggest voices on twitch they understand that at the end of the day, this is like about human beings, about people. But yeah. it is just sort of like, it is this perfect storm of issues in culture where something like this can arise. And it makes me frustrated that there's no real recourse, you know, for, for somebody like Amaranth when it even comes to like getting her accounts back, you know? Mm. Like that that that's really getting her earnings you know her money that she earned from twitch how can we be sure that she's actually getting it and um i don't know that twitch it really has the ability to understand how to moderate issues like this within its own community yeah
1: which is so frustrating i mean you mentioned that the infrastructure would take to be able to solve or even address an issue like this would take a lot of money but the thing is this platform is bringing in so much money as well
2: yeah and, and so amazon has more money than god so truly <laughs>
1: yeah there's there's so much money in twitch streaming and i mean it's clearly like not equally distributed but there's something that you said in one of our our meetings about this is that it's kind of twitch and you kind of said it just now twitch is a perfect storm it's this parable of this moment that we're in like labor wise could you like explain more of that
2: yeah i used to say that twitch was like basically a perfect example of what the gig economy is going to turn labor into in general where mm. so all of these people are, are beholden to twitch for their income but none of them work for twitch so they don't get benefits and they don't get any of the services that employees would be able to have, like an HR department. And Twitch extracts money from them while they're making their labor also. you know, They take some money from the streamers that you send as tips. Twitch receives some of that income. Um, and because Twitch's goals as a platform and Amazon's goals as a corporation are continued eternal growth, it means that and the bar for being successful will raise all of the time all of the time Mm. because all of that is being brunt on put the brunt of that is being put on the users themselves so if you want to think about like what your life would be like if you didn't have a boss if you made your own hours it would be a lot like this you would be waking up as early as possible and working all the way through the day because you also have to pay for your own health insurance, you know, because you also have to make up the income you would lose if you take time off. You know, mm. um, Lil Simzy, who I really think is a great content creator and a really good streamer, whenever she goes on vacation, she records content ahead of time to put on her YouTube. So it's not really like she's taking a break. She's just uh, putting the labor she would have done in yeah. a different time slot, essentially. You know, mm-hmm. this is... What happens when you aren't able to collectively bargain with your bosses? You as an individual, you have absolutely no power to tell Twitch that it's really fucked up, that you can't make any money unless you stream for 12 hours a day.
1: You know, I got to say, if someone was going to create a dystopian future, one where you're tied to your desk for 12 hours a day on camera, (laughs) while people hurl abuse at you seems pretty
2: fucking close this is what i was talking about <laughs> with my friends though. So recently we realized i do like streaming because it is fun you know it mm-hmm. is fun to like get out there make jokes have people laugh at your jokes tell you your hair looks cute blah 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 blah. but what really and here comes the other thing that you don't understand what you should do is get a little discord server and then stream games just to your friends Because you can do that on Discord. You don't need to make it public. And you don't need to make it about making money either. Unless you are trying seriously to make this uh, a business, I just do not understand why you would put yourself through the gauntlet that is being a Twitch streamer.
1: You heard it here first, and that is the conclusion for this episode. Don't monetize your hobbies unless you're really fucking good at it. Alright, that is the show. We will be back in your feed on Saturday, so please subscribe. It is the best way to never miss an episode, to never miss a discussion on the exploitation of labor under capitalism. Please leave a rating and review on an Apple or Spotify and tell your friends about us. Tell your Twitch streamers about us. You can follow us on Twitter at ICYMI which is also where you can DM us your questions like, who broke their back at TwitchCon? And you can also always drop us a note at ICYMI at Slate.com.
2: ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader and Rachel Hampton. Daisy Rosario is our senior supervising producer, and Alicia Montgomery is Slate's VP of audio. See you online
1: or on Twitch.
2: Ella, calm down. <laughs> she never learns that once I let her out, I never let her back in until I open this goddamn door. You know,
1: cats are like, I want to be let out, and then they're like, I want to be let back in.
2: She's like, No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I
1: have boundaries